quote tweeted that saying, It's true, but here I am today in defense of John Calipari. Why? Because he tried something different. Not many coaches do that. The new offense is fun and awesome. The defense is horrendous. But Miami made the final four with this exact same formula. Look at this, you see. Last year, don't fret BBN. It's not as bad as... From the Liquor Barn Studios, it's time for the V Show, right here on ESPN 680 and 1057. Now, here's Bobby V. Not quite Bobby V. There it is. There it is. There it is. It's Nikki V. Uh, I'm not alone, though. I'm in for Pops today. I'm with the coach, Mark Lieberman, Liebs. Uh, good to see you, my friend. Tanner Bertomesso on the ones and twos. A lot of stuff to get to today. Uh, Louisville losing by, what was it, 84-59 last night? We need to start with your helmet. Okay, we will definitely get to that. Uh, I'm posting this right now on Twitter. I need you to we say something. We're supposed to have some music going um, to to kind of bridge that gap. When I said the helmet, it would tie in to what people would understand. There we go. Well, see, like, I don't know if this totally fits, though. Now that I think about it, because this it's is the bad my, guy music. It is, but it's, but it's Star but now Wars it's music. You, right. right, now you're the yeah. rebellion. Yeah, I, I am the rebellion. What Leaves is referring to, I'm back from Disney, by the way, and uh, a lot of souvenirs were bought down there. Uh, Disney's an awesome place. We'll get to more about the trip later on. I just I love the, the Imperial price tag March. It. No, it's, it's my favorite Star Wars song. It yeah. is. If you can get, like, there's this trap remix that I found that's dope. As the kids say, I don't know. If we'll have to get an Admiral Akbar in later, but it's okay. It's a trap. Um, what a what a beautiful piece of equipment you have right there. One of my it's like scuffed up too. It's no, the detail is fantastic. It's a solid plastic. Let's see if you, you should can play hear it. it. Right. It's R two talking to him. I guess this is Red 2's helmet. I'm not sure. Uh, I didn't know Borkins. that. I didn't know there was a, there was a. <laughs> I didn't know there was a a button on this. I didn't even know it was voice activated. I just got the helmet. Check out that, the picture, people. It's a it's I'm an authentic it, rebel helmet from the original A New Hope. Have you been to Disney lately? No. Okay, I hadn't been in like twenty years. And it's been that long, but I need to. Yeah, I need to go. And so we went down there. The Jeanette, my dad, and myself. It was a great little trip. Went to, got there Sunday. Came back last night. Um, spent like three days in Disney doing all the Disney stuff. Um, didn't make it to Animal Kingdom, unfortunately. But did your father enjoy waiting in lines? No, he he, he did, like he didn't wait in line. Like he just was like, "You guys go do your thing. I'm gonna go chill here." We'll get to the line thing, okay? Because I got some thoughts on it. But um, did the Rise of the Resistance ride, which is possibly the greatest ride I've ever been on. And outside of it, there was a gift shop, and they had the like rebel helmets, rebel pilot helmets 
They had uh, Biggs, you know, the checkerboard, you know, kind of looks a like. Kid in the candy store right there. Oh, my God. They had the Biggs helmet, and they had this helmet, which I think is red twos. I'm not sure. Might uh, be Porkins. Damn it, dude. Uh, actually, you know what? I think it might be, actually. I'm not sure. It's I'm right, trying to continue. look at big pictures. Well. Uh, no, 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 distract you. Well, I'm putting up a, a picture. We took a picture of the pilot Porkins. He's the chubby guy that gets blown up in, in A New Hope. And Weeb said beard, I the look beard, like the beard him. Looked, the beard was kind of flowing, that's all. Well, I mean, I hate, you know, I'm, I'm not spelt enough to be Wedge. Uh, I don't have the goatee enough to be uh, Biggs, who blows up. I'm not a f- half a fish man, so I'm not Nia Nub. You know, I... Porkins might be the best character I am. I don't have the baby face to be Luke. <laughs> I just you know. saw, I looked him up. That's oh, that's that. very funny. <laughs> so I'm putting it he up there. He just got chirped. <laughs> <laughs> that's classic. Thank you, Tanner. Uh, but they had a bunch of, they had like the A-wing pilots and the new, the new pilots. Mm-hmm. Um, but those were for kids. And there was no way my C-section head was going to fit in that. So I got this puppy. And Pops is a cast member. You know, he, he does stuff for ESPN National, owned by the mouse. So he has a discount. So that's the only way I was able to afford this thing. Because mm-hmm. this thing's like $80. It's worth it. But I got it for like 50 yeah. with the with the, with the um, discount. So that was fantastic. Just need to go to a uh, Star Wars convention now and have the actor who plays Borkin sign it for you. Oh, yeah. No, absolutely. Just awkwardly hitting on slave Leia's, you know, all over the place. Yeah. <laughs> Force is strong with me for sure. No, uh, but the helmet is absolutely fantastic. It's uh, probably my new favorite thing, and I'm putting it on my desk. Or uh, anytime we oh, do yeah. ESPN Louisville Plus shows, I'm going to wear it. Um, no, that's another. You know, we had some Star Wars items back there. That thing is a uh, piece no, yeah, of resistance. This is sure. definitely going to. And I also got my my lightsaber made, so that's kind of fun. You know, got the, got the purple one as I hit the computer with it. Yeah, so mm-hmm. that was fun. Um, you can make your own lightsaber, and I did it like Tanner. Tanner can appreciate this. I tried to do it, do the handle like a hockey stick. You know, I did the grip there and the and the nub at the end. So um, that was fun, but it was absolutely a fantastic time down there. Here's the thing, though. I think some of the rides are overrated. There, we were in line for a Peter Pan ride, Jeanette and I. For 45 trucking minutes. The ride itself is 30 seconds. Most, that's always the case at Disney World. I hate saying that. So it kind of, it gives you a skewed view of of the rides because you've waited so long. And the payoff, um, as you guys always like to say, is the juice juice worth worth the squeeze. squeeze. So like, you know, to wait, that's part of it. You know, the Pirates of the Caribbean, you're going to wait an hour. Yeah. It's going to. Well, see, like we like Slinky, the Slinky roller coaster uh, at Toy Story Land. Mm-hmm. Love that coaster, and Slinky looks so cute. It's very like you know, and yeah, I'm saying cute. It's Disney. Get over it. Like you're allowed to be a kid there. I wore I wore Mickey Mouse ears. I did the whole thing. Fight me. You know, it is what it is. Um, but it is a magical place. It really is. But they do it really cool there. You feel like a toy. Mm-hmm. They make like the wall look like a fence, and all the toys are running around and stuff. And the Slinky ride. It's a fun little roller coaster. It really is. It's not too intense, but it has enough drops and, and turns and stuff that it feels like a real coaster. Slinky Dog, like I said, is cute. But we were in line for that thing for an hour and a half. And by the end of it, I was like, I was just over it. Like, it made me not want to wait in line for it. Like, we just, we did that. And then we went to Epcot and just spent $30 <laughs> 
<laughs> to do the Guardians ride, which is amazing. That thing that thing would have been worth waiting in line an hour for, but we did the fast pass thing and just dropped thirty dollars and waited in line mm-hmm. for like fifteen minutes. And it was that that ride was really cool. Didn't ride Tron, that's the other new ride down there. Um, we didn't know that you have to do this stuff online. Otherwise, literally, you'll really? be... Yeah, you have mm. to go online and enter the queue, and it'll give you a time frame to come back because these rides are so popular that literally the line would be five hours uh, for you to just be in I'd this. I'd have to Larry David it and just go up and complain and somehow get on. I could, was, see, I could see Leibs talking his way on yeah. somehow. I could see you using your... you know, I'm, The force is strong using, with you. Yeah, codes. Yeah. You know, I'm just going to... These aren't the droids you're looking for. <laughs> These aren't the droids you're looking I'm for here. On. Here's the other thing, and Pops might get into this. Not complaining at all, but I, it was interesting because we're using... Pops gets like... He's a cast member, technically. Like I said, you know, it comes with some perks. The mouse hooks you up. Would they ask if you to dress up the as mouse. Goofy like halfway no. d- um, during the, uh, the visit? That would be hilarious. I think Dad is more of a Donald Duck, personally. Okay. Um, but um, I, could, I think I'm more of a Goofy. Um, but because of that, there was confusion. Because he's basically buying the tickets and using passes that he gets from the mouse, from mm-hmm. the mothership. It's, you know, comes with discounts. Got the discount on the helmet. Awesome. It's the only reason that we were able to go. Jeanette and I, we went to Disney for 500 bucks. Like, you, you can't beat that with a stick because of discounts and everything like that on the hotel. Found a good spirit airline. Got free passes to the, uh, to the parks. Can't, I'm not complaining one iota. But it was confusing in the sense everybody in Disney is super friendly. And they're wonderful. So you don't want to be mean to them. But nobody in Disney really knew what the heck they were talking about. And, and I think they get away with it because they're so friendly and nice, and because it's... Well, they're not. They're it, robots. It, yeah. It's not real uh, humans you're speaking to. Yeah. Even it, the staff. Yeah, a little bit like that. But it's sort of like... It was sort of like... I would get a chuckle. It was funny. I, I got a chuckle. I liked it. They're robots. Yeah. I, I think that's, that's all you were going for there. Please continue. But everyone... We, like, we asked questions on how to get into the parks and got a different answer each time to the point where it was like... Just think of everyone as like a non-helpful Chick-fil-A employee. <laughs> and that's kind of... But, you know, they're so friendly and nice. And it's Disney. It's the most magical mm-hmm. place on earth that they could tell you, well, yeah, the line forms in the middle of the highway. Yeah. And, you know, you're avoiding buses and everything. And you're just going to smile and nod and everything like that. But I was struck by... There were two things that kind of stood out to me. The, the, the negatives. The lines are exceptionally long. I, I, I knew they were long. I didn't know they were that long. And everyone is super friendly and helpful, but nobody really knows what the hell they're talking about. <laughs> like, we asked for directions like four times and, and, and very friendly, very enthusiastic, but weren't right. In, the, and in just, the old days, it was a lot of fun. They'd give you this big map, paper map. Yeah. And I'm sure they don't have that anymore. And it would have all the world, you know. No, the, no, they still, they still have the map. Discuss, really? Yeah, they, still, big, have, they okay. still have the maps. That was fun just to see where you are and just to, to, to realize how you'd get to the different lines. Oh, yeah. And and I, I will say this. Like, we, we walked our asses off. Like, because we're terrible with directions. And when we did ask, we didn't get the right directions and everything like that. And so, but like, it was like, we walked like 50,000 steps in like two days. Legitimately. So, that was fantastic. Do they still do the thing at the Toy Story like area where you go like, Andy's coming and they all the characters okay. fall down? Okay, we the were looking for that. 
And that's the other. That's the other that's thing. One of the things I wasn't I'm trying like- to bag on Disney. It's it's a it's a magical place. It's just those were a couple of like maybe a little bit Larry David like like moments that just kind of like stood out to me. Everyone's super friendly and helpful, but not. You know, the lines are too long. I don't want to sound like I'm I'm dumping on it, but there all these little things. I didn't know this, but if you go to Star Wars. The Star Wars area, it's a separate. Thing, it, it, right? it, yeah, you can if you get your wristwatch, like that's a thing you can like a, a watch that you can put money on and scan. It's called Play Disney. You can go around and become a bounty hunter and find other like scan little spots, and they're the bad guys. And then you go to this room and you get points. And there's this little animation I saw some guy do. It's incredible. They had a marching band of army men just going around, but there's a place Jeanette got pixie dust. I mean, it's just so, it's like a video game filled with Easter eggs. It's a magical place. It is a magical place. But to Tanner's, to answer Tanner's point, I, I, we were looking for the spot where there's like a restaurant or whatever. They go, Andy's coming and everyone's supposed to, you know, freeze, but we couldn't find that spot. So wasn't able to, weren't able to find that, but overall, overall, good trip. Oh, dude! It made, I got that, this rebel helmet. The rebel helmet. I got my you my got lightsaber. Your, your lightsaber. Uh, Purple. Rise so. of the Resistance and Star. Uh, here's the thing: I feel terrible because it's been 20 years since I've been there. The Star Tours ride, which is one of those virtual reality ones, um, wasn't. It was fun when I went to it 20 years ago. It wasn't super intense. It was fun. They've upgraded it to. It's a little bit more intense now. Mm-hmm. And so Pops hates roller coasters. He loves going on, you know, uh, merry-go-rounds and and Ferris wheels, and he he, he does a lot of those. And those freak me out because heights and stuff like that. But he loves those rides. He likes to chill things. Um, by the way, Hall of Presidents, um, Carousel of Progress, classic rides with the animatronics. The Hall of Presidents. Hall of Presidents is mm-hmm. awesome. The over the number of people who've actually been to the Hall of Presidents. Yeah, I mean, I would say it's like oh under ninety three people in the entire no, time like that, that's that the place thing. Has been open. That's the thing. Like first <laughs> off, it inspires me. It, like it's been so. It's long. right there at the beginning. You walk past it, you get to the good stuff. Yeah, no, yeah, it's it's an appetizer. And it was it was we did when we first got there. We did it's a small world, and then we did yeah, and then we did uh, which is classic. And then we did uh, Hall of Presidents. And they were both things that Pops liked to ride and everything like that. But the Hall of Presidents is amazing. Like It still holds up with the animatronics. It really is impressive. And it's really inspiring. Like, I left there and I was like, how come we can't, you know, it, how come we don't have presidents like that anymore? <laughs> like, it was, that's, that's both sides, okay? I'm not, I'm not being Nikki the Lib here. I'm not being Maga Nick. I'm, I'm saying that, you know, it inspired you. They, they highlight some of our great presidents, and all of a sudden you're just like, yeah, we can come together. It'll be great. But the animatronics hold up on that. They really do. It's, it's impressive. But the Star Tours ride was updated. It had drops and all kinds of things like this. So I tell Dad, it's no, it's no big deal. Pops, come on. Simulator, so you don't... Simulator. Mm-hmm. And it's going, and midway through the ride, he just yells out to me in the middle of this. He goes, why the truck did you freak me on this thing? And poor poor guy, I, he, he doesn't do motion rides. Mm-hmm. So he got a little queasy after that. Mm-hmm. So he had to take it easy. Went to a couple shows and everything <laughs> like that. But I felt terrible. Yeah. And in the middle of <laughs> Star, Wars, <laughs> Star Wars, I just had Dad screaming at me. So the V show, it was very V show esque. Him just yelling in the middle of, did he uh, try and walk out? Of, uh, no, yeah, he, he was try trying to unbuckle un- his belt and get out. Yeah, get trying off. to get out of there. Yeah, so no, but it was very V show esque in the middle of this the sea of families. Um, 
that uh, yeah, Pops is just screaming at me <laughs> midway through. So that was fun. Um, but yeah, did four three seven nine six eighty UPS jobs text line. A lot of people texting in. Um, we'll get to so a lot of U uh, of L basketball stuff. Uh, a couple of uh, Disney texts here. Rise of the Resistance is the greatest ride ever. It really is. Like that, Rise of the Resistance and Guardians are worth the price of admission, the two of them. Um, I mean, a lot of the rides we did, Slinky Dog's a blast. The line was just really long mm-hmm. for it. Peter Pan's cute in its in its own right. A lot of the rides are cute. The, just the wait lines can be a right. little long. Big Thunder Mountain, awesome. Haunted Mansion, awesome. Space Mountain still holds up to a certain extent. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Um, here's the thing. We stay magic kingdom when we were there was open until 11. Mm -hmm. So we, the fireworks show made me cry. Like it was that good. And I'm man enough to admit it. Like I said, I'm man enough to admit leaves that I wore Mickey mouse ears and I cried during the fireworks show. I, you you have a rebel resistance. I have a rebel resistance helmet. You did well. I, yeah, the force was very strong with me. Um, but because we stayed like until close, mm-hmm. all the kid kiddos go home. You know, it's been a long day at Disney. We did three rides in forty minutes. Well, that's the thing. That's it was. We did Big Thunder yeah. Mountain in ten minutes. Yeah. We did Haunted Mansion in twenty minutes. We did Space Mountain in five minutes. It's always the way to do it. It was. It was terrific. Peter Pan still took forty five minutes though. Like that was incredible to me, and it was only like it was like fruit stripe gum. It was awesome, but it was really short. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like my sex life. I mean, I'm d- I'm just kidding. Um, it was a big lead up to to not much, but it was it was cool. It just you know wasn't wasn't much. I don't mm-hmm. know if it was worth forty minutes, but um, there's like I said, there's a lot of things in my life that you know people could say that four three seven nine six eighty uh, on the rise of the resistance. I was called rebel scum. Yeah, it's kind of fun. Like you, you'd love it. Leaves you get kind of. I'm gonna check it out. You get I'll captured by the empire. It's pretty good. It's pretty. It's I want I want to be on the on the that side, the empire. You want to join the bad guys? Yeah. You would defect? Uh, yeah. You would. <laughs> I love the Sith. You, the, you the completely break the script. The and Empire? you're just like, oh, yeah, yeah I'm on oh, your side. Yeah, you know no. I would. You know where the Rebel put base is? Yeah. I got you. I'd say, yeah, like, these two are all talking uh, crap right here. These are two Rebel. <laughs> I would love know, to ride the ride scum. with you yeah. and just have you do that. And because everybody, oh, you know, I would. The thing about Disney, like, they, everyone is in character and does an amazing job. Like I said, everyone's super friendly, maybe not helpful, but super friendly. And the people that are in character are in character. They they are amazing. But I would love to see you just completely flip the script and be like, hey, I want to join your side. Mm-hmm. And just have them kind of be like, ah, I, oh, okay. Like, I just rip off my jacket and just have a, and a dark sudden, robe. Weebs just works yes, there now. Yeah. Weebs just, that's how he gets the job. He just, he, he joins the dark side and officially, you're, you're a cast member at that point. Yeah. yeah and all of a sudden you're buying Fifty dollar helmets instead of eighty dollar helmets. That's the play. Uh, let's see your four three seven nine six eighty UPS jobs text line. Uh, I waited two hours for that ride. Yeah, we were we were only in line for about thirty minutes. It wasn't bad. Um, Avatar was dope. Didn't ride that one. Heard that was really cool. Um, didn't get a ton of time at Epcot. Um, we basically just did Guardians and then drank in Epcot and watched the their fireworks show, mm-hmm. which was very good too. Very very good. Um, that it was, it was, that was fun. Um, but we didn't have a ton of time at Epcot. Uh, we wanted, and we were, we were gassed at that point. I wanted to do Ratatouille. Janet wanted to do Frozen, but those wait lines were after waiting for two hours, almost for Slinky, we were kind of over waiting. Uh, buddy, even the hall of uh, presidents is fiction. 
I mean, maybe, but it, they do a really good job. It's very inspiring, and the animatronics, like I say, hold up. So that it was it was pretty good. Did you not get the Disney app? Electronic versions of the map with wait times for rides. Janet, I downloaded it, but I I, I didn't really. Janet was the navigator the whole weekend. God bless her. So yes, we did do that, um, but we got in the Slinky ride um, when it said it was like fifty, sixty, seventy minutes or whatever. And then it shot up to like an hour and a half. They had some issues with the Slinky ride. They were doing some maintenance while we were in line, and it just it made it go that much slower. But Slinky ride is a lot of fun, especially if you can get in there um, with, when the, the line isn't terrible. Um, I hear the Biden robot president is the closest thing to the real thing in their history by far. That's a good line. Um, I am a lib. That's still very funny. Um, but uh, they do a good job. They did a good job with Biden. They did a good job with Trump. The Trump robot lied a lot. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm just kidding. Um, but no, it's fun. Like, have you have you done Hall of Presidents? No. Okay. It's it is one of the more classic things there. Um, it still that's the other thing about Disney. Every one of these like theaters they have for like throwaway shows, not even throwaway shows, but not even like well known things. Mm-hmm are full-on, like, thousand-seat capacity arenas, or, like, theaters they have. And they just have dozens of them, it seems like. Um, and the Hall of Presidents, it got a good crowd, I gotta say. There were about there were probably about 100 people in there. So that was pretty good. And the animatronics, like I say, like, just watching them, like, interact with each other, like, they'll whisper to each other, they'll nod their head, and, you know, sometimes yawn. Just, like, watching them, like, interact like real people was very, very impressive. But we did something called, if you haven't done it, because it's not one of the well-known things, in Tomorrowland, um, in Magic Kingdom, mm-hmm. there's a thing, uh, there's a Monsters, Inc. Mike Wazowski comedy show. And I don't know how they do it. Uh, they have some sort of technology, but uh, it's all improv And they, they basically, what they do is they do crowd work. With the crowd, you you have to get enough laughs to fill the laugh canister. You know, mm-hmm. it's it's very. They play little intermittent clips of Mike Wazowski with doing slapstick humor. It's funny, but it legitimately was really funny. And they somehow make it so that there's an animated monster on screen, and his lips are moving and walking around, and that it's voiced by like two or three people in the background, and they improv things based on the person's appearance, based on you can text in jokes. It's very well done, and it's like a hidden gem. 15 minutes, it was one of those things. Kids liked it. Uh, adults liked it. The wait time was like 10 minutes to get in, and it was really cool. Like So definitely check that out. That was like the hidden gem we found. Tomorrowland in Magic Kingdom, I think. Is is M or you a roller coaster person? Uh, you strike me as a roller coaster person. I, I can do a roller coaster, but... Give or take, she likes roller coasters. I could I, I, M. I can almost guarantee. Yeah, I was going to say I could guarantee her being a roller coaster mm-hmm. person. Um, she would love Guardians of the Galaxy. That ride's really. And she fun. likes the Guardians of the Galaxy, so that would be yeah um, fun for her. And it's new. It's like Space Mountain on steroids uh, because like Space Mountain is fun, but it's mm-hmm. kind of rickety, mm-hmm. and that that adds to the charm of it. This ride is brand new, and everything is like super smooth. But well, it it's might be it's, rickety because it's um, seventy-one years old. Yeah, exactly. That's what I'm saying. Like it's, <laughs> it, yeah, it's, it, but it still holds up. It's yeah. fun. Like, right, like Space Mountain is a blast. Um, I'd st- I still recommend Space Mountain, but the uh, Guardians ride is it's Space Mountain we'll on, it on steroids. It's very smooth. Um, I, what I like, there's not a ton of drops. You're still going to like 70 miles an hour, but mm-hmm. there's not a ton of drops. Uh, I can, yeah. I can do, deal with speed. I don't like, 
I don't, don't like upside down. I'm, I'm, I don't like I don't like inversions. I'm not a huge fan of drops either. But I can do corkscrews and turns and, and mm-hmm. speed. Like right. that doesn't bother me. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't even mind a little rotation. But yeah, not a, not a fan of drops. That's just you know, is that's just my thing. Uh, four three seven nine six eighty. Did you do Space Mountain? Yes, we did. Um, was the was Biden was the Biden robot a mumbling uh, a mumbling moron that made no sense? Uh, no. Uh, he was not. Nor was the nor was the Trump robot. They did a good job on both of them. Um, I thought Trump's robot wasn't up there. I thought he got mad at them or something like that, and like made them remove his his robot. So I was happy to see that. Uh, I was happy. Put this on the big step. I was happy to see Trump that that his robot was still part of it because that's the spirit of the thing. Uh, let's see. You're just tuning in. How is Nick spinning the Duke game into a positive? I'll be honest with you. I am high on Disney magic and pixie dust and it everything really FUD. But there is no way you can. I watched. I, I, I didn't watch the game live because we were in the air while it was going on. But there is no way to spin that that into a positive in any stretch. What do you mean by high on pixie dust? Um, it could be whatever you, whatever you think that means, Tanner. Whatever you think that means. I'm going to play the narco song. <laughs> Turtle Talk with Crush was really good. I hope you did that. We did not do that one. I think that one's at Animal Kingdom. Uh, I really wanted to do the safari ride, but we weren't able to. Uh, we just didn't have time. We had, Like I said, we had some snafus getting in with very kind but not helpful Disney employees. <laughs> um, and that kind of put a little bit of a kielbasha on us uh, park hopping the first day. Um, let's see here. Was the Trump robot wearing Kibosh a or poopy you said diaper? Kielbosh. 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 It's not Kielbosh. Kielbosh. The Kielbosh. Uh, it's another one of those phrases I get mm-hmm. wrong all the time. I always said Kielbosh. Yeah. Maybe because I think I'm you thinking of Kielbasa, and I think that's why I, I mean, say it. You're, so you're constantly thinking of Kielbasa. Always, always <laughs> thinking of Kielbasa. I just love me some sausage. Uh, Turtle Talk was at Epcot. Oh, man. See, we didn't have a ton of time at Epcot. We were kind of burned out. We just did Guardians and drank and chilled. And we did go to the Art of Disney store, which was kind of cool, and, and got food in Mexico. That was, cool. that was fun. Uh, Pops did uh, Spaceship Earth, which I wanted to do. That was one I did 20 years ago, which is kind of cool. They've upgraded that one a little bit as well. That's the big ball at Epcot. That's Spaceship Earth. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so was the Trump robot wearing a poopy diaper? Ha, ha, ha. <laughs> no, he was not. At least that, that I could tell. The animatronics were, seemed pretty realistic. I didn't see that. Did Rummage not give you any uh, tops before he left? <laughs> I think you meant tips. Yeah, you did. Okay. He uh, clarified that. Um yeah, he did actually. He told us uh, what to do and what lines to get into first, and we were uh, we were Disney novices, so uh, we weren't able to execute. I think to the point we needed to, um, but he gave us some tips on some rides, and we did them. And uh, he recommended Guardians to us. Yeah, it seems and- like it's become a lot more complicated. I used to take my when I coached them on Senior Pace High School. We used to bring our team. We'd play a tournament in Orlando or yeah. in. Um, Lakeland area or whatnot, and we'd always take our team um, Christmas time ish. I noticed that. There. I noticed there's a lot of did, did you guys get like the the people that would like tour you around the? Not really. Well, I, I, we I just, saw we just would that. get group rates, and I would just you know schmooze and 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 you know get a good price for us, and we we always go there for a day. I'm in. Yeah. What, so, what was your favorite park? Um. Well, no, we would just go to Disney World. Just the, the, like oh, so probably yeah. Magic Kingdom. The Magic, yeah, Kingdom. Magic Kingdom's like the, right. the main one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then yeah, right. Then this is this is back you know mid two thousand. So again, just the map. They're not 
using watches or any of that kind of stuff. Right. And, and Star Wars was not connected to Disney that back yeah, then. Yeah, we so. didn't even do Marvel. Like, we didn't go to the Marvel Land or whatever that right. was in Hollywood Studios. <clears throat> but, yeah, no, it was... Uh, they had Star Wars rides, but they were very... They weren't associated with, like you said. Yeah, because, I, I mean, now there's a whole Star Wars park. Mm-hmm. Like, it used to be MGM. Now it's Hollywood Studios and everything right. like that. So... Yeah, no, it was a lot of fun. It's a shame you didn't have breakfast with the princesses in the castle. I would have loved to have had uh, dinner with the or breakfast with the princesses. So would Jeanette. Uh, we didn't do that. We did do be our guest, uh, which was uh, we got the meal plan. It cost a couple of points on the meal plan, but totally uh, that dinner was awesome. It was really good. Janet got the filet mignon. Pops and I got the short rib. Uh, got a little vino. Got to meet with Beast. Beast came by. We didn't see Belle, but Beast came by. And he's a lovely chap. He is a lovely chap. He really is. He gets a bad reputation as being, you know, a little crotchety. Bell's really softened him up. He's a good dude. Um, great hospitality. Great food. It's totally worth it. Um, can we please hear about the basketball game? We will do that on the other side. We're going to take a bottom of the other break. We talked a little bit about uh, our trip to Disney. A lot about the trip to Disney. <laughs> a little bit. Yeah. Dude, what can I say? I like, it was great. I'm, no, I'm, I'm Disney. I'm, you know? All good. We'll talk basketball on the uh, no, other side. We will definitely do that. Pops will tell you his stories uh, probably tomorrow. But a good time to tease as well. Uh, tomorrow during Fast Break Friday, Rex Chapman, his new book is out. Um, and he will be joining us at 12 for a lengthy interview. Uh, so Pops will tell you about um, his takeaways from the Duke U of L game tomorrow with Paul Rogers. Um, but uh, you'll definitely also hear his stories about Disney. But um, at the start of the show, it will be Rex Chapman tomorrow at noon on Fast Break Friday, presented by Elliot One. We'll take a bottom of the hour break. Leibs uh, will give his thoughts on last night's shellacking uh, to the cards by Duke. You're listening to The V Show on a Thursday on ESPN 680-1057. More V Show with Bob Balvano is now right here on ESPN 680 and 105.7. Excellent rejoin there. All right, Tanner Bertamesso on the one. talk about Epcot now. <laughs> Some other uh, parks. <laughs> I could, I Travel could, destinations. I could go the whole three hours on our trip I know to you Disney. Could. It was awesome. But we do have a basketball game to talk about last night. L shellacked by Duke 84-59 on the road. Rounds out the road game slate for UofL. Uh, I do think it's interesting that... Man, bad at math. What is that? Twenty five points. Duke beats U of L by twenty five points. They cover the spread and they still drop two points in the net. Um, <laughs> is that not the best indication of just where we are with uh, how bad, unfortunately, U of L basketball is in its current state? That's just right. You would uh, you you win by twenty five and you drop some uh, two. points. You drop, you two, drop two points, points. in the net, which it's, is crazy. I, and wild. I don't I don't know exactly where they are in the net. I know they're ten in the AP, but. Um, are, does that make them twelve in the net or fourteen in the net? I, I should I should know this off the top of my head. When I saw that stat, it just shows what teams now who are trying to to get in into that loss, what it does to you, you know, for the teams that have lost to to, to Louisville, and then down the stretch, last four, no one can have a slip up because that can cost you the tournament, like Clemson last year, right. No, no, absolutely. I mean, it, right now, I mean, that's that's the best thing Louisville can play. Spoiler, 
uh, for for some of the other teams, a la what they did last year with Clemson. Um, I just, I mean, I I'll be honest. I I was traveling when the game happened live, mm-hmm. but I watched a lot of the game recaps. Um, I watched like three of them, and I feel like I have a decent idea of 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 what happened during the game. I mean, they were in it for the first five minutes, and then. The double team Brandon Huntley Hatfield, they get the kick out. McCann hits the three, and then they're just off to the races. And it just was. Well, they were they were missing some shots before that. No, no. I, good I, I, when I say in the game, mm-hmm. I mean like it still felt like a basketball game. It, mm-hmm. uh, you didn't feel confident that U of L was going to win, but you thought maybe they could cover. Well, and you look then at, it just they boomed them. They yeah. just absolutely boomed them. You look at the first play. I mean, it's a middle drive that's allowed, and they gave oh up. the three. Well, it's no. It's just a. It's a drive and a and a and a score on Mike James to start the, oh, the game. Oh, right, so there's right. there's there was 14 middle drives in the first half, and then right. You know, we'll, we'll answer that the with game. the three. Their only lead of the game. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, it, it came out that the game kind of started with Sky Clark and ball screens, like mm-hmm. that was the way. And he drives and kicks, and Trey White, who's a good offensive player, right, has a lot of lapses on the defensive end that we could talk about, but. He's he's a skilled player, can score. I saw him jump at midcourt. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, he just, at a ball. There was times like just I counted no less than five times him jumping at pump fakes. You know, there was one time where I believe um, Roach hit the wing. It was just because there was no ball pressure on Roach's. Trey White should stop the ball, but he's kind of backpedaling back in transition. Little things that you see constantly throughout the game. The ball pressure was a, just a huge issue. Yeah, and. Duke's not a huge ball screen team. They run a lot of horns action, which is like a 1-4 high, the two bigs up, and they play off of that. So it's like the point guard, and then there's like four across, the, like the okay. three-point so line. So it's like a 1-4 almost? Right. Like, yeah, okay. Hence the, the name 1-4. But it's called yeah, right. horns. And there's it was just cross screens, and then Mitchell was dunking, and then Filipowski was getting the ball inside, and they were, they were able to hit kickouts, and, and guys were just not where they were supposed to be. And, and I had mentioned it on and this show just about playing some zone right but it was just well you know, and it's brought that up like you had a clip of i mean they go to the what one three one and then they nobody's the, arms or well, nobody's uh, there's no active hands yeah and that's a they big look thing very yeah like that's where the ball pressure comes in you could see it like there's they allowed the middle wasn't sure if they were matched up and, and against the zone You've got to be two places at once. Your arm's got to be across. You've got to dictate where the ball's going to go. Especially in the 1-3-1, you, you kind of almost want to have the guy at top be a, a, a bigger guy, and he can kind of like force passes to be um, lob passes back and forth, and that wasn't the case either. I mean, it was... There's something I, wa- I, I wanted to pick your brain about because it's one of those games where I'm not going to try to spin anything here, but... They had lapses on the defensive side pretty much consistently throughout the game. I didn't feel like there was one individual performance that really stood out, at least on the defensive side, at least from what I could see. Is there anything that you saw, at least on that side of the ball, from maybe an individual effort that made you go, okay, at least it might be a shiny turd, but that's the shiny part of the turd? Well, with Duke, the biggest thing they do is their transition game. And you have to be so locked in to what you're doing. Uh, I've said it before. You, it's not enough to be back. You have to be set, meaning you have to know where you are. You have to to stop the ball. And, and you can't just run to the paint against Duke because you have guys like 
um, Proctor and McCain and Roach who just can knock down shots. So like right. you know you've got to make sure that you're in in position, and, and that was the issue. So collectively, defensively, yeah. But Tyler kind of he anticipates some plays. Um, he got he got a couple steals that way. He he can recognize what teams are doing, but it's one guy might, but the other four have to be involved. And and Caleb Glenn as well battled, but there's a size problem, and his ball pressure as well was an issue that allowed some actions with their cross screens um, that they ran with their with their one four high. So. Yeah, and then even on that lob dunk, I don't know if you saw the out of bounds play. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. The, yeah. With, off the back screen, mm-hmm. and yeah, 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 yeah. So you have Curtis Williams, who's just basically standing next to the you know the inbounder. His hands are dead. You have Mike James and and Huntley Hatfield hugged up in the corners on their guys, right? So they can't help. And then you have Tyler's man set the screen, and he just kind of goes with them. And on that, you could probably, if you have to, out of emergency, switch it. But you should anticipate and know that play's coming. At the same time, you want to talk, touch, and take, which means Tyler's going to just talk, screen coming to to, to Glenn, you know, um, touch, which means they, they would almost with their hands push him out and switch it out. But they didn't. It's almost a double screen, and there's an easy lob for Mitchell yeah, for a right, dunk. Right, yeah, right. So right off the inbound, stuff like yeah. that. On you know, that, and I, that's just Those are plays you just can't give up. On the offensive side, like I, w- I was listening to Maven earlier, I wasn't on on the board board for that, but he was a little critical of Sky Clark, uh, saying that you know he he needs to be he can he can get up to the rim uh, and dunk a little bit more. He can he can attack the rim with, with a little bit more, um, I guess fervor is mm-hmm. you know because he has the ability to do that off one foot or two is what Marcus was saying. Um, I there were a couple of plays. I mean he made he made some like you said beginning of the game um some nice kickouts he made a couple of shots but there I, there was one play that and I don't want to use it as a reason to completely but I feel well I, I don't want to use it as like one example of a guy taking off a play and that it, it just kind of uh speaks to his whole body of work but I want to say it was about a third into the second half there's a loose ball and it's bouncing and Sky Clark had, you know, run out of bounds, and he just looks at it. And was there any player that you saw that their effort, like you knew that they were capable of more? Like, uh, I'm trying to figure out like how I'm phrasing this question to you, but because I feel like everybody was lackluster, yeah, well, on the I'm, offensive side. But yeah. I felt like there were some glimpses of everybody. We saw we saw some really good passes. Um, great bounce passes from Tyler Johnson. We saw some good effort from Caleb Glenn. Brandon Huntley Hatfield had a couple of dunks. Sky Clark made some shots and some good drives. But like I felt like there was just at times each player took a couple plays off, and it seemed like they were leaving some in the tank. And I don't know is that was that something you saw? Was that something that you, as a coach, do you see the game get away from from them? and think that this is a time for a timeout? Or what would you say to them to keep them from just giving up? Because it felt like I saw each I saw a, a, a possession where each of them just gave up at a certain point. On and the that, offensive side? On the offensive side. And that's when well, that's what happens when you're you're missing shots and you're down 20. But still, like, how would you have maybe corrected that or just stopped the bleeding, I guess? Long way of trying to get to that question. But that's what I wanted well, to ask Well, it starts with your foundation. I mean, you might not score – for four or five minutes, but you're not going to let Duke score for four or five minutes. And that's got to be what your your mindset is. 
Offensively, yeah, there there's some there were some four shots. I thought there was bad quick shots, which leads to a Duke break. Um, early on in the game, they started off, they put Sky Clark in ball screens, and he was in five of them. Now, I don't know how much his ribs still bothering him, to your point. Right. But, you know, he was in, in ball screens, and the way Duke was playing was almost like, go ahead, shoot it, because Louisville was three for 17 from the three-point line, I think shooting 17.6%, which is, you know, obviously not going to help not you great. win a game. I've said it, you know, Trey White and, and, and Huntley Hatfield, they're skilled offensively, um, and those guys made some good plays but you just you can't get stops and if you're going to grind out some games you know when have we seen them grind out of the game when you score 59 points you know are you in the game you mentioned it you know you and I'm a big believer you don't you can't can't win a game in the first half but you can certainly lose it right and and they put themselves in the hole with how many times in transition and how Duke was playing them was not you know, as far as conducive for how Louisville's been playing with a lot of ball movement, ISOs, and trying to back guys down. They're long. They're physical. Right. They're, just, they're saying, okay, shoot the basketball. And to start the game, you know, Sky Clark's much better when Tyler's in because he can play off the ball. Right. And that's, you know, he can he can use step-up screens. He can use different things. But he's he's better off the ball than having to be a decision maker. Okay, that makes sense. I mean, like uh, that, yeah. That uh, I, I, I know there's a funny story, and hope I hope Pop says it at some point from Disney. No, no, no. Oh, uh, okay. Involving uh, how much Ty likes to play with Sky. Uh, that's a fun sentence to say, but uh, <laughs> I'll let Pops tell it. Uh, hopefully, he will tomorrow. But involved Danny Manning getting kind of mad at Tyler Johnson. Uh, but I, I know they like to play to, to play with each other for sure. And I mean, you got to think. The inexperience factor, kind of. Oh, come on! Don't give me that look. I didn't. The, I didn't give you any look. You gave me a look. No, the, I uh, just was marveling at you know the uh, yeah, the helmet. The helmet, it's yeah. Fantastic. By the way, people were agreeing with you. I do look like Biggs on uh, on Biggs? Twitter. So yeah, that was that's good. Yeah. Oh no, the, Porkins. I mean, okay. I, I'm looking like oh, Porkins. Well, I'm yeah, sorry. I so. thought Biggs you, you had. No, well, they they were selling Biggs's helmet too. They were selling Biggs Biggs's helmet too. But I went with <laughs> I went with I don't know. I think this. Do this you remember is a generic, what Porkins' uh, first name was? Uh, I had to look it up. It's Do you remember? Like, it's like Tehran or something like that, um, which makes him sound like he's from the delegation. I got to be honest, but um, let's see here. It is. I'm pulling it up here. Porkins' his name. Je- oh no, it's Jack Tono Porkins. Jack Tono. Everybody Jack Tono. knows that. Oh, you knew yeah, that? Of course. You, you knew. Yeah. Okay. Cool. All right, you had what a, were we talking about? We were talking about Ty, Tyler Johnson and Scott playing and Scott together, Clark and, playing together mm-hmm. and everything like that. Uh, I, to to me. I I was impressed again with uh he frustrates me. I wish he wasn't such a defensive liability, but um Trey had some moments last night. He know. can he, score. He's he, look, he he's a he had he's that nice guy. tray to start the game. He yeah. had that double, you know, that a couple of mid-range shots that were pretty good. He had that uh reverse layup. He's just not engaged or he's disinterested in defending. What why does he jump so much? Like Ennis brought showed that clip of him jumping at midcourt early in the game. I mean, he goes into the like takes him out of the play. I mean, he, I mean every else. single pump fake. Filipowski pump faked him out of his shoes one time, and it just. I mean, how well, do you it's, teach it's, somebody, especially at you this point? You, 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 it's it's you're three quarters of the way through the season. It doesn't matter. Um, you work on it, and you do closeout drills where someone pump fakes and you stay down, stay down, stay down. You, you drill it incessantly. And you, you tell your players you better be the second off the floor. 
He's a very good pump faker. He gets guys off off their feet. Yeah, right. Like but he knows how to, to utilize it for him. How you, come he bites on it so bad? But that that's something that has to be worked on every single day. That's something that that's worked on. And if it's two minutes, it's two minutes of a two hour practice. It's fine. It's just two minutes of closeout, staying down. It's repetition. It's a mindset. So before the game, guys know we're not leaving our feet. And if it, if someone does leave their feet, you're going to hear the horn, and someone's going to come in. And that's way it. Whether you have six healthy bodies or eight healthy bodies or nine healthy bodies or just ten players. If guys are going to leave their feet at shot fakes and allow blow-bys and allow middle drives, then you know what? You hear the horn and someone else is going to come in there and not is going to stay down, is going to force corner, and is going to force tough twos and threes. It just It's just frustrating, it's frustrating sure. because it's something that seems like hasn't really been improved. And, and I mean, maybe it's just... From a technical standpoint, you can't just expect... And this is for, for any program. You don't just say, okay, get it done. You know, it's not enough to just get it done. Right. Players need to know the whys and, and, you know, the footwork and where they're closing out to. So if someone's on the right wing, you're closing out to his, you know, you're not splitting him. You're getting a little bit closer to his left foot so he can't go middle where you can catch his move. Okay. And I used to call that the Derek Fisher drill because he was so good at catching charges when guys would try and drive middle. Now you're forcing corners, so you're shrinking the floor, and everybody should be flowing and stunting and swiping, so you're not allowing that. And then the closeouts, I've talked about it, you know, a lot of hops, a lot of um, shoulders past their knees off balance where you've got to really swing your arms back, stay high, and, and force a tough shot. And that's one of the toughest things to do in basketball, but you have to work on it to rec- help them recover to a closeout, but you can't just allow a guy to blow by. Right. And, just, and it's just not okay. And just there's just way too many. Of those. I mean, have you seen like I mean you have a much more technical eye than I do, but I, I always say that you know excellence or ineptitude can transcend ignorance. Like meaning that if you're really good at something, you don't know necessarily have to know anything about it. You don't have to know anything about hockey to realize that Alex Ovechkin is an elite goal scorer. Is what I'm saying, or Connor McDavid's an elite goal scorer. You don't have to know anything about basketball to realize that Trey White's a terrible defender. Like just looking at, at at how he gets you know like the blow bys bites on every pump fake and then, and it seems like he's caught out of position um, to give up to, when they start stretching the floor and everything like that. I just I have you seen any bit of improvement from him? And I don't want to just bury him because like I said, he had a great game offensively. I think he had 15 points, knocked down some some good shots. But it's like, have you seen any improvement, or are we just being too hard on him? I mean, when you say improvement, I mean, there's just too many of those those um, fallacies on, on, on the defensive end from what we just talked about and the guy that you can count on, even in transition. And that's the biggest thing that you can, someone can look at and not realize, well, he's not sprinting back. There's one time, and I believe it's 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 early in the, in the game, you see um, Trey, there's a, there's a shot taken, and... He's just outrun by Mitchell, and there was it was at the 17 minute mark. You just you just see it. There's a turnover by Sky Clark, right? And then Mitchell's on the left side, and they're even him and Trey Trey White, and you just see Mitchell just sprint, and Sky uh, excuse me Trey is running. He's right. not sprinting. Bounce pass on the break and a dunk, and those are things that like you said you being, being a willing defender like buying but just, into but it. You sprint back and break up the play. It's almost right. like that. DK Metcalf, Boo the Baker highlight, right? Oh, just yeah, well, he just always, books it. Just, right. You never know who's going to get it, and just because you don't think your player's going to, you just sprint back. And and that's 
one of the things you see off turnovers, off misses, and you can't do that against Duke because Duke is going to absolutely crush you for not getting not getting set and identifying and getting out to shooters and stopping the ball, and they run to the rim. They do a heck of a job of that. And if you do not do your job in transition, you're in a lot of trouble, and that's what happened last night. He's the coach, Mark Lieber and Nick Valvano in for Bobby V today. A couple more minutes before we get to the top. This play that State of Louisville talked about, um, where it seems like all, like three cards, uh, you know, Sky, Ty, and um, Caleb Glenn all kind of get yep. boxed up. I, I, you, you I had talked about good, that. Yeah, you mm-hmm. had a good back and forth with them. Because um, the question is, what were they trying to accomplish here? And you say most teams run some sort of zoom action, which is an overall uh, overload dribble handoff. But no screen or cut by Ty and Clark. Uh, not cutting hard leaves Glenn as the primary decision maker. Not ideal. So you yeah, you see the the weave up top and whatever right. way you want to get into it. So the ball gets to Caleb Glenn. Um, now Tyler is going to read what's happening. If they're switching, which is what Duke was doing, yeah, and that Peyton should be a Sivo slip. Pointed that out that they yeah, switched Peyton on. did. So like on those, but you watch Tyler. Every cut, every movement is attention getting, and you watch Tyler. He kind of just walks next to the defender and next to Sky Clark, so there's no screen set. So now it's easy for them. He kind of yeah, stands there. he just kind of stands and there, so right. What they can do is blow up that play, which means take away the handoff. Right, and so which they you do. Leave, you leave Caleb Glenn with a late shot clock with the ball in his hands facing, and I think it goes back to Sky maybe. Uh, I think, I'm, I'm watching it again here, I think I think it goes back to Sky, yeah. And, and now you're kind of... You know you're 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 forcing a tough three, which is going to be a the first pass of a fast break for Duke. So what you want off that action? No, it goes back to Ty. Sorry, I okay. It. So what you want off that action is to to go hard. It, it, and this is a pro. They, they call it a zoom. Basically, it's a dribble handoff. They have different names for it. But you have two guards on the same side, and they're going to read it. Okay. One guy's going to wait. Now the biggest thing, if you watch it, Sky Clark should wait and set up his man as well. Like he can back cut. And they might go with him. So you're, you're basically the defense will tell you the play. It should be either Sky Clark. Since they're switching, he's running to screen, and it's almost like a fake screen. Hey, hey, Sky, I got you. And he's going to back cut hard. And you'd hope that, that um, Caleb Glenn would exaggerate that pass and him with the back cut. If not, they're both going to drop. Now you're going to dribble at the defender and give a handoff for Sky Clark, and he can come off that and then get downhill and kick out, throw it back, right. and you basically have a two-man game. Okay. Uh, yeah, because I'm. Does that make sense? No, no. Actually, that that does, and it helps when you have the visual component of it, which is why you definitely need to tune into us on ESPN Louisville Plus. Like, share, and subscribe uh, at uh, ESPNLouisville.com and ESPN Louisville Plus on uh, Twitter. We get some coaching breakdowns from Coach Leaves, along with other good content, including uh, our man Justin Sofero uh, broke down um, the top six coaches in the SEC and talked about how uh, Coach Cal. Um, uh, related or ranked uh, among those guys so uh, speaking of we'll take a top of the hour break talk a little bit UK on the other side with coach Leibs. Uh there's a lot of action going on in the control room so we're, we're due for another break right Tanner yeah okay uh, so we'll take a top of the hour break good stuff there from Leibs on UofL and Duke we'll talk a little bit more about that later on in the show got some uh, mad dog uh, Chris Russo sound that we want to react to um, as well as I don't know if you've been following this I just found out about it but the Chiefsaholic case have you been following this? I saw I saw the lawyer. Um, we got to play clip. Got to play the lawyer sure. sound. We have pops with Kenny Payne as well, but we'll talk a little bit of UK on the other side. It's the V Show. It's Coach Mark Lieberman, Nick Falvano, Tanner Brunamesso in for Bobby V today on a Thursday on ESPN 680 1057. 
Show with Bob Valvano is now right here on ESPN 680 and 1057. Excellent rejoin there right, by Tanner Brunemesso on the one. Talk about Ep- Epcot now and <laughs> some other uh, parks. <laughs> I could I travel could, destinations. I could go the whole three hours on our trip to Disney. Could. It was awesome. But we do have a basketball game to talk about last night. U of L shellacked by Duke 84 59 on the road. Rounds out the road game slate for U of L. Uh, I do think it's interesting that, I mean, I'm bad at math. What is that? 25 points. Duke beats U of L by 25 points. They cover the spread and they still drop two points in the net. Um, <laughs> is that not the best indication of just where we are with uh, how bad, unfortunately, U of L basketball is in its current state? That's just right. You would, uh, you you win by 25 and you drop. Some two. Points. You drop you two, two points, points in the net, which it's, is crazy. I, and I don't, I don't know exactly where they are in the net. I know they're ten in the AP, but um, are, does that make them twelve in the net or fourteen in the net? I, I should, I should know this off the top of my head. When I saw that stat, it just shows what teams now who are trying to to get in into that loss, what it does to you, you know, for the teams that have lost to to, to Louisville, and then down the stretch, last four, no one can have a slip up. Because that can cost you the tournament, like Clemson last year. Right. No, no, absolutely. I mean, it, right now, I mean, that's that's the best thing Louisville can play. Spoiler uh, for for some of the other teams, a la what they did last year with Clemson. Um, I just, I mean, I I'll be honest. I I was traveling when the game happened live, mm-hmm. but I watched a lot of the game recaps. Um, I watched like three of them, and I feel like I have a decent idea. Of 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 what happened during the game. I mean, they were in it for the first five minutes, and then the double team Brandon Huntley Hatfield. They get the kick out. McCann hits the three, and then they're just off to the races. And it just was. Well, they were they were missing some shots before that. No, no. I, I, when I say in the game, mm-hmm. I mean like it still felt like a basketball game. It, mm-hmm. You didn't feel confident that U of L was going to win, but you thought maybe they could cover. Well, and you look then at, it just, they boomed him. They yeah. just absolutely boomed him. You look at the first play. I mean, it's a middle drive that's allowed. And they give oh, up. the three? Well, it's, no, it's just a, it's a drive and a, and, a, and a score on Mike James to start the, oh, the game. Oh, right, so there's, right. there's, there was 14 middle drives in the first half. And then, right. you know, we'll, we'll answer that the with game. the three. Their only lead of the game. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it, it came out that the game kind of started with Sky Clark and ball screens. Like mm-hmm. that was the way. And he drives and kicks and Trey White, who's a good offensive player. Right. Has a lot of lapses on the defensive end that we could talk about. But he's he's a skilled player, can score. I Did, saw him jump at midcourt. Mm-hmm. <laughs> at, I mean, he just, at a ball. There was times like just I counted no less than five times him jumping at pump fakes. You know, there was one time where I believe um Roach hit the wing. It was just because there was no ball pressure on Roaches. Trey White should stop the ball, but he's kind of backpedaling back in transition. Little things that you see constantly throughout the game, the ball pressure was just a huge issue. Yeah. And Duke's not a huge ball screen team. They run a lot of horns action, which is like a 1-4 high, the two bigs up, and they play off of that. So it's like 
the point guard, and then there's like four across the like the okay. three point so line. So it's like a one four almost, right? Like, yeah, okay. hence the, the name one four. But it's called yeah, horns. Right. And there's it was just cross screens, and then Mitchell was dunking, and then Filipowski was getting the ball inside, and they were they were able to hit kickouts, and, and guys were just not where they were supposed to be. And, and I had mentioned it on and this show just about playing some zone, right? But it was just. Well, you know, Ennis was, brought that up. Like he had a clip of. I mean, they go to the what one three one, and then they nobody's that, arms well, are just, nobody's. Uh, there's no active hands. Yeah, and that's a they big look thing. For very me. yeah, like that's where the ball pressure comes in. You could see it. Like there's they allowed the middle. Wasn't sure if they were matched up. And, and against the zone, you've got to be two places at once. Your arms got to be across. You got to dictate where the ball's going to go. Especially in the one three one, you, you kind of almost want to have the guy at top be a a, a a bigger guy, and he can kind of like force passes to be um, lob passes back and forth, and that wasn't the case either. I mean, it was... There's something I, wa- I, I wanted to pick your brain about because it's one of those games where I'm not going to try to spin anything here, but they had lapses on the defensive side pretty much consistently throughout the game. I didn't feel like there was one individual performance that really stood out at least on the defensive side at least from what I could see is there anything that you saw at least on that side of the ball from maybe an individual effort that made you go okay at least it might be a shiny turd but that's the shiny part of the turd well with Duke the biggest thing they do is their transition game and you have to be so locked in to what you're doing uh, I've said it before, you, it's not enough to be back, you have to be set, meaning you have to know where you are, you have to to stop the ball, and, and you can't just run to the paint against Duke, because you have guys like um, Proctor and McCain and Roach who just can knock down shots, so like, right. you know, you've got to make sure that you're in, in position, and, and that was the issue, so collectively, defensively, yeah, but Tyler kind of, he anticipates some plays, um, he got he got a couple steals that way. He he can recognize what teams are doing, but it's one guy might, but the other four have to be involved. And and Caleb Glenn as well battled, but there's a size problem, and his ball pressure as well was an issue that allowed some actions with their cross screens um, that they ran with their with their one four high. So. Yeah, and then even on that lob dunk, I don't know if you saw the out of bounds play. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. The, yeah. With off the back screen, mm-hmm. and then, yeah, 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 yeah. So. You have Curtis Williams, who's just basically standing next to the you know the inbounder. His hands are dead. You have Mike James and, and Huntley Hatfield hugged up in the corners on their guys, right? So they can't help. And then you have Tyler's man set the screen, and he just kind of goes with them. And on that, you could probably, if you have to, out of emergency, switch it. But you should anticipate and know that play's coming. At the same time, you want to talk, touch, and take, which means Tyler's going to just talk. Screen coming to 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 Glenn, you know, um, touch, which means they they would almost with their hands push him out and switch it out, but they didn't. It's almost a double screen, and there's an easy lob for Mitchell yeah, for a right, dunk. Right, yeah, right, right so off the inbound, stuff like yeah. that. On you know, the, and I, it's just those are plays you just can't give up. Uh, on the offensive side, like I, w- I was listening to Maven earlier, I wasn't on on the board board for that, but he was a little critical of Sky Clark, uh, saying that you know he he needs to be he can. He can get up to the rim uh, and dunk a little bit more. He can he can attack the rim with, with a little bit more, um, I guess, fervor is mm-hmm. you know because he has the ability to do that off one foot or two is what Marcus was saying. Um, I 
there were a couple of plays. I mean, he made he made some like you said at the beginning of the game, um, some nice kickouts. He made a couple of shots, but there I, there was one play that, and I don't want to use it as a reason to completely. But I feel well, I, I don't want to use it as like one example of a guy taking off a play, and that it, it just kind of uh, speaks to his whole body of work. But I want to say it was about a third into the second half. There's a loose ball and it's bouncing, and Sky Clark had you know run out of bounds, and he just looks at it. And was there any player that you saw that their effort, like you knew that they were capable of more? Like uh, I'm trying to figure out like how I'm phrasing this question to you, but because I feel like everybody was lackluster, yeah, well, on the I'm, offensive side. But yeah. I felt like there were some glimpses of everybody. We saw we saw some really good passes. Um, great bounce passes from Tyler Johnson. We saw some good effort from Caleb Glenn. Brandon Huntley Hatfield had a couple of dunks. Sky Clark made some shots and some good drives. But like I felt like there was just at times each player took a couple plays off, and it seemed like they were leaving some in the tank. And I don't know is that was that something you saw? Was that something that you, as a coach, do you see the game get away from from them? and think that this is a time for a timeout? Or what would you say to them to keep them from just giving up? Because it felt like I saw each I saw a, a, a possession where each of them just gave up at a certain point. On and the that, offensive side? On the offensive side. And that's when well, that's what happens when you're you're missing shots and you're down 20. But still, like, how would you have maybe corrected that or just stopped the bleeding, I guess? Long way of trying to get to that question. But that's what I wanted well, to ask you. It starts with your foundation. I mean, you might not score for four or five minutes, but you're not going to let Duke score for four or five minutes. And that's got to be what your your mindset is. Offensively, yeah, there there's some there were some four shots. I thought there was bad quick shots, which leads to a Duke break. Um, early on in the game, they started off, they put Sky Clark in ball screens, and he was in five of them. Now, I don't know how much his rib's still bothering him, to your point. Right. But, you know, he was in, in ball screens, and the way Duke was playing was almost like, go ahead, shoot it, because Louisville was 3-for-17 from the three-point line, I think shooting 17.6%, which is, you know, obviously not going to help not you great. win a game. I've said it, you know, Trey White and, and, and Huntley Hatfield, they're skilled offensively, um, and those guys made some good plays, but you just you can't get stops, and if you're going to grind out some games, you know, when have we seen them grind out a game? When you score 59 points... You know, are you in the game? You mentioned it. You know, you and I'm a big believer. You don't, you can't, can't win a game in the first half, but you can certainly lose it. Right. And and they put themselves in the hole with how many times in transition and how Duke was playing them was not, you know, as far as conducive for how Louisville's been playing with a lot of ball movement, ISOs, and trying to back guys down. They're long. They're physical. Right. They're, just, they're saying, okay, shoot the basketball, and to start the game, you know, Sky Clark's much better when Tyler's in because he can play off the ball. Right, and that's you know he can he can use step up screens he can use different things but he's he's better off the ball than having to be a decision maker. Okay, that makes sense. I mean, like uh, that, yeah, that like, I, I and I know there's a funny story and hope I hope Pop says it at some point from Disney. No, no, no. Oh, uh, okay. Involving uh, how much Ty likes to play with Sky. Uh, that's a fun sentence to say, but uh <laughs> i'll let pops tell it uh hopefully he will tomorrow but it involved danny manning getting kind of mad at tyler johnson uh but i i know they like to play to, to play with each other for sure and i mean you got to think 
the inexperience factor kind of oh come on don't give me that look i didn't the, i didn't give you any look you gave me a look no the, i uh, just was marveling at you know the uh, yeah, the helmet the helmet it's yeah fantastic. by the way people were agreeing with you i do look like bigs on uh, on bigs? twitter so yeah that was that's good yeah. oh no the, porkins i mean okay. I, i'm looking like oh, porkins well, i'm yeah, sorry i so. thought bigs you, you had no, well, they they were selling Biggs's helmet too. They were selling Biggs Biggs's helmet too. But I went with I went with I don't know. I think this. Do this you remember is a generic, what Borkin's, uh first name was? Uh, I had to look it up. It Do you remember? Like, it's like Tehran or something like that, um, which makes him sound like he's from the delegation. I got to be honest, but um, let's see here. It is. I'm pulling it up here. Porkins' his name. Je- oh no, it's Jack Tono Porkins. Jack Tono. Everybody Jack Tono. knows that. Oh, you knew yeah, that? Of course. You, you knew, yeah. Okay, cool. All right, you had what a, were we talking about? We were talking about Ty, Tyler Johnson Ty, and Scott and Sky together Clark and, playing together mm-hmm. and everything like that. Uh, I, to to me, I I was impressed again with. Uh, he frustrates me. I wish he wasn't such a defensive liability, but um, Trey had some moments last night. You he know, can he, score. He's he, look. He, he's a. He had he's that nice guy. tray to start the game. He yeah. had that double. You know that a couple of mid range shots. That were pretty good. He had that uh, reverse layup. He's just not engaged, or he's disinterested in defending. What? Why does he jump so much? Like Ennis brought showed that clip of him jumping at midcourt early in the game. I mean, he goes into the like takes him out of the play. I mean, he, I mean every single pump fake. Filipowski pump faked him out of his shoes one time, and it just. I mean, how well, do you it's, teach it's, somebody, especially at you this point? You, 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 it's it's you're three quarters of the way through the season. It doesn't matter. Um, you work on it, and you do closeout drills where someone pump fakes, and you stay down, stay down, stay down. You, you drill it incessantly, and you you tell your players you better be the second off the floor. He's a very good pump faker. He gets guys off off their feet. Yeah, right. Like but he knows how to, to utilize it for him. How you, come he bites on it so bad? But that that's something that has to be worked on every single day. That's something that that's worked on. And if it's two minutes, it's two minutes of a two hour practice. It's fine. It's just two minutes of closeout, staying down. It's repetition. It's a mindset. So before the game, guys know we're not leaving our feet. And if it, if someone does leave their feet, you're going to hear the horn, and someone's going to come in. And that's way it. Whether you have six healthy bodies or eight healthy bodies or nine healthy bodies or just ten players, if guys are going to leave their feet at shot fakes and allow blow bys and allow middle drives, then you know what you hear the horn, and someone else is going to come in there and not st- is going to stay down, is going to force corner. And it's going to force tough twos and threes. It just—it's just frustrating, frustrating sure. because it's something that seems like hasn't really been improved. And I—and I mean, maybe it's just from a fact- technical standpoint, you can't just expect. And this is for for any program. You don't just say, "Okay, get it done." You know, it's not enough to just get it done. Right. Players need to know the whys, and, and you know the footwork and where they're closing out to. So if someone's on the right wing, you're closing out to his you know you're not splitting him you're getting a little bit closer to his left foot so he can't go middle where you can catch his move okay and i used to call that the Derek fisher drill because he was so good at catching charges when guys would try and drive middle now you're forcing corners so you're shrinking the floor and everybody should be flowing and stunting and swiping so you're not allowing that and then the closeouts i've talked about it you know a lot of hops a lot of um shoulders past their knees off balance where you've got to really swing your arms back, stay high, and, and force a tough shot. And that's one of the toughest things to do in basketball, but you have to work on it to rec- help him recover to a closeout. But you can't just allow a guy to blow by. Right. And, it just, and it's just not okay. And it just there's just way too many of I mean, Have you seen, like, I mean, you have a much more technical eye than I do. But I, I always say that 
you know, excellence or ineptitude can transcend ignorance. Like meaning that if you're really good at something, you don't know necessarily have to know anything about it. You don't have to know anything about hockey to realize that Alex Ovechkin is an elite goal scorer. Is what I'm saying. Or Connor McDavid's an elite goal scorer. You don't have to know anything about basketball to realize that Trey White's a terrible defender. Like just looking at at, at how he gets you know like the blow bys, bites on every pump fake, and then, and it seems like he's caught out of position um, to give up to, when they start stretching the floor and everything like that. I just I. Have you seen any bit of improvement from him? And I don't want to just bury him because, like I said, he had a great game offensively. I think he had 15 points, knocked down some some good shots. But it's like, have you seen any improvement or are we just being too hard on him? I mean, when you say improvement, I mean, there's just too many of those those um, fallacies on, on, on the defensive end from what we just talked about and the guy that you can count on, even in transition. And that's the biggest thing that you can someone can look at and not realize – well, he's not sprinting back. There's one time, and I believe it's 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 early in the, in the game. You see, um, Trey. There's a there's a shot taken, and he's just outrun by Mitchell. And there was it was at the 17 minute mark. You just you just see it. There's a turnover by Sky Clark, right? And then Mitchell's on the left side, and they're even him and Trey Trey White, and you just see Mitchell just sprint. And Scott, uh, excuse me, Trey is running. He's right. not sprinting. Bounce pass on the break and a dunk. And those are things that like you said, you being, might not being see. a willing defender, like buying just, into but it. You sprint back and break up the play. It's almost right. like that DK Metcalf, Boo the Baker highlight, right? Oh just yeah, where he just always, books it. Just, right. You never know who's going to get it, and just because you don't think your player is going to, just sprint back. And and that's one of the things you see off turnovers, off misses, and you can't do that against Duke. Because Duke is going to absolutely crush you for not getting not getting set and identifying and getting out to shooters and stopping the ball and they run to the rim they do a heck of a job of that and if you do not do your job in transition you're in a lot of trouble and that's what happened last night. He's the coach Mark Lever and Nick Valvano in for Bobby V today. A couple more minutes before we get to the top. This play that State of Louisville talked about, um, where it seems like all, like three cards. Uh, you know, Sky, Ty, and um, Caleb Glenn all kind of get yep. boxed up. I, I, you, you I had talked good, about that. Yeah, you mm-hmm. had a good back and forth with them. Because um, the question is, what were they trying to accomplish here? And you say most teams run some sort of zoom action, which is an overall uh, overload dribble handoff. But no screen or cut by Ty and Clark, uh, not cutting hard, leaves Glenn as the primary decision maker. Not ideal. So you yeah, you see the, the weave up top, and whatever right. way you want to get into it. So the ball gets to Caleb Glenn. Um, now Tyler is going to read what's happening. If they're switching, which is what Duke was doing, yeah, and that should Peyton be a Siva slip. Pointed that out that they yeah, switched Peyton on. did. So like on those, but you watch Tyler. Every cut, every movement is attention getting, and you watch Tyler. He kind of just walks next to the defender and next to Sky Clark. So there's no screen set. So now it's easy for them. He kind of yeah, stands there. He just kind of stands and there. So right. What they can do is blow up that play, which means take away the handoff. Right, and so which they you do. Leave, you leave Caleb Glenn with a late shot clock with the ball in his hands facing, and I think it goes back to Sky maybe. Uh, I think I'm, I'm watching it again here. I think I think it goes back to Sky, yeah. And, and now you're kind of, you know, you're, you're, you're forcing a tough three, which is going to be a, the first pass of a fast break for Duke. So what you want off that action... No, it goes back to Ty. Sorry, I'm okay. it. So what you want off that action is to, to go hard, it, it, and this is a pro. They, they call it a zoom. Basically, it's a dribble handoff. 
They have different names for it. But you have two guards on the same side, and they're going to read it. Okay. One guy's going to wait. Now, the biggest thing, if you watch it, Sky Clark should wait and set up his man as well. Like, he can back cut, and they might go with him. So, you're, you're basically, the defense will tell you the play. It should be either Sky Clark. Since they're switching, he's running to screen, and it's almost like a fake screen. Hey, hey, Sky, I got you. And he's going to back cut hard, and you'd hope that, that um, Caleb Glenn would exaggerate that pass and him with the back cut. If not, they're both going to drop. Now you're going to dribble at the defender and give a handoff for Sky Clark, and he can come off that and then get downhill and kick out, throw it back, right. and you basically have a two-man game. Okay. Uh, I, yeah, cause I'm, does that make I'm, sense? No, no, actually, that, that does. And it helps when you have the visual component of it, which is why you definitely need to tune in to us on ESPN Louisville Plus. Like, share, and subscribe uh, at uh, ESPNLouisville.com and ESPN Louisville Plus on uh, Twitter. We get some coaching breakdowns from Coach Leaves, along with other good content, including uh, our man Justin Sofero, uh broke down um, the top six coaches in the SEC and talked about how uh, Coach Cal. Um, uh, related or ranked uh, among those guys so uh, speaking of we'll take a top of the hour break talk a little bit UK on the other side with coach Leibs. Uh there's a lot of action going on in the control room so we're, we're due for another break right Tanner yeah okay uh, so we'll take a top of the hour break good stuff there from Leibs on UofL and Duke we'll talk a little bit more about that later on in the show got some uh, mad dog uh, Chris Russo sound that we want to react to um, as well as I don't know if you've been following this I just found out about it but the Chiefs Aholic case have you been following this? I saw I saw the lawyer. Um, we got to play clip. Got to play the lawyer sure. sound. We have pops with Kenny Payne as well. But we'll talk a little bit of UK on the other side. It's the V Show. It's Coach Mark Lieberman, Nick Valvano, Tanner Brunamesso in for Bobby V today on a Thursday on ESPN 680 1057.